Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with leader and saxophonist John C. Gardner and drummer Sean J. Kennedy of the Philadelphia-based jazz group Garden Jazz Orchestra. They opened up about their new self-titled 2023 album, their history, and much more. This outfit is comprised of world-class musicians from across the Philadelphia region with an original style and ability to inspire people with enthusiasm, virtuosity, and incredible sounds from each chart played. they got a great story. Enjoy this interview. Hey, Sean. Yes. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Sean, can you hear me? Absolutely. Oh, hallelujah. Technology. First try. <laughs> Let's just... Let's just tread lightly and buy a lottery ticket when we're done. We won't even talk exactly. about it. Exactly. Yeah, right. so, all right, guys. Thank you for taking a minute after the show. I really appreciate it. Sure. My pleasure. Yep. So let's talk about your – before we get into your latest release, so where are you two? I know we always talked about it being sunny in Philly. Are you both there? Yeah, more or less. We're in the same area. I'm currently uh, at my office in uh, Philadelphia right now just um, – just getting some uh, sheet music work done and composition stuff work done. I'm I'm a few miles from John at uh, my office at one of the schools I uh, teach at. I got to tell you, when the Phillies made their World Series run this year, it reminded me of the Royals in 15. Just kind of that blue-collar town. Everybody's going a little <laughs> bit extra crazy. You know, I was yeah. just pulling for you guys. And then Bryce, too, you know. If you have someone like that that's like a local guy that came back and he's doing all that Superman stuff, I mean, how can you how can you beat that? For sure, for sure. Um, I'm pulling for you guys. So before we get into the brand new album, how did you guys, you know, kind of collectively as a band survive COVID? It really hit the jazz community hard. And, you know, how did you get through that now that we're kind of opening up and live shows are happening now? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one first. Initially, uh, I had started up a, uh, a little video, uh, like, release type stuff with um, a bunch of different jazz music educators from across the world called Accidental Big Band, where I would send out a chart uh, about maybe like two months prior to, I uh, just have everybody play along with a click track and record together uh, with that click track along with a video feed for it too, send it back to me. And then I'd put splice together a whole bunch of, uh, you know, those videos and create, you know, a music video from that. And I saw that as a way to kind of keep everybody playing, at least in the jazz community or, you know, a lot of my music education friends. After that, once things started to open up a little bit more, uh, it for me, it was just one of those to get this project off the ground and going. I was like, we just need to do this. You know, time is too short for all people involved. And the pandemic kind of really opened up those eyes to me a little bit more. And I just made a few phone calls to like Sean and a few others in the band too at the time. And you know, then we created a Garden Jazz Orchestra from there, and here we are now. So it has to feel good now that we're, we have a new year, things are opening up. It has to feel good to have an album coming out right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. What do you think, So, Sean? Yeah, it's incredible because, you know, growing up in the 80s, you know, I was in middle school and high school, and uh, I always tell everyone I would have done much better academically in school if uh, Doc Severson and the Tonight Show Band weren't on TV every night. Um, because every night I would stay up late, you know, my parents, you know, go to bed, go to bed. Uh, I had to hear, you know, the, the Tonight Show band, Welcome Johnny, and all those commercial breaks, they do those, the little cuts in and out. That, they, they were my heroes growing up. You know, I'm uh, in my 50s, but, you know, I have friends that are in the late 60s and 70s, and they hearken back to when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan. Well, that's before my time. 
the Beatles for me was Doc Severinsen and Ed Shaughnessy. And to play in a big band of original music, um, I don't know if you guys know the LP of the Tonight Show Band Volume 2. If you've seen the back of the actual LP, I think it's the second one. There's a picture of Doc and the guys in a circle in a studio recording live. And I can remember looking at that in the late 80s going, man, how are those guys all doing that in a circle? And lo and behold, this past June, we basically replicated that and played live yeah. big band music in a circle. Like, it's it come full circle. So I, there are no words to describe how happy I am to be part of this. Yeah, and this being, uh, like, right there, just being in a room together with everybody versus – uh, doing it all online and submitting like the tracks and stuff, it, it made it more, much more organic for the album. And for me, I've, I've played on quite a few different albums as a sideman and written stuff for people too. But this is my first official like album as like a leader with all of my own originals and, and arrangements and stuff like that. It's, it honestly, it's a surreal feeling right now. So, how long have you guys been together? Well, I've known Sean. Oh, geez. Uh, we actually, we were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I've known Sean for quite some time. I want to say almost 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. I happened to be at one of the shows that you were recording a live album at, actually. The uh, <laughs> Hey, Where's My Tuxedo? And my teacher at the time, uh, God rest his soul, Tim Price, he invited me to come up and check it out and stuff. So I, was, I remember sitting back at the, uh, at the bar there watching them all play and stuff and getting a chance to meet, uh, you know, meet Sean and, um, and Tim and a few others up there and we uh, yeah, I've known Sean for about ten years, and as far as the band's concerned, uh, this is our first year uh, all together. I mean, we've all played with t- each other in various forms of capacities, but as a consist like a consistently working right now big band itself, uh, this is our first time out. What is it about the band that works so well? How do you all come together and make this click and <clears throat> move in the right direction? Well, I think a lot of it, at least from my perspective, as as the leader of it and uh, the writer, I think we all come together and try to stay true to what we all enjoy playing, which is obviously jazz and stuff in this case. But a lot of the music that we're playing is heavy geared towards sitting in the groove and in a pocket there. Also along with having room enough to kind of explore the solos a little bit more and not necessarily stay constricted to um, like a specific roadmap, like you only have one chorus to blow and then you move on. I, I, I mean, yes, to a degree, we need to have that kind of a thing happening, but I think the fact that a lot of the trends that we're playing live and stuff right now, even the ones that were recorded and playing it in a live rendition sense, we're, we're able to explore and open it up just a little bit more to have a little more fun with it and kind of engage each other. And I think the fact that we all come together and just have a, just literally just have a good time like it's, sometimes it's hard in the rehearsal to actually get the stuff done because we're all just sitting there, you know, John and having a good time talking about sports or maybe some new music or maybe one of our students did something crazy and just wanted to have a good laugh about it. it, it it's just the fact that we're all able to sit there and uh, have a good camaraderie about ourselves. Yeah, I can I can chime in on that if you'd like. For me personally and what I've observed, there's a lot of like heavy players in this band. Like if you look down the list, like that have played all over the world with some of the biggest acts. And I think for me and maybe some of the other guys, it's the repertoire and the hang that makes it attractive. Cause I've worked for hundreds of contractors doing high profile gigs and you know, you get paid the union wage and you're getting paid money, good money, et cetera. But it's not always fun when you do that. Every time John calls us and says there's a gig, 
I don't even ask what the pay is or if there's pay. It's like, hey, we have a gig here. We're going to go play our big band music. I'm like, I'm in. Oh, we're going to get paid too? Like, it's the only ensemble that I really do that with. Everyone else that calls me, they're like, we need you here, here, and here. I'm like, okay, what's the pay? Is there parking? You know, it's, that, it's like a business transaction. This is more just out of uh, love, I think, for this style of music. You know, I've seen your albums come across before, and I see this album, I see the artwork, and I feel the vibe, but no one's going to really know who you are until they listen to an interview or get to know you more. So if there's one thing, let's say you, you all come to Kansas City and play a gig, and you really need to sell yourself, sell the band, what you guys are, who you guys are. How would you describe it? How would you describe your vibe to get people to sit in that seat in Kansas City to watch you perform live? I, I would have to say it's, it's very energetic. For me, from my observation, uh, I play saxophone in the group. Uh, and from my vantage point, I can always see people either moving around or having a good time bopping their head and getting involved. Um, honestly, I think it's very difficult to not sit still uh, in this group. And especially looking at the audience, too. We are definitely going to make you want to move around and have a good time with it. Like the last gig that we played in December, people started coming in and into the, uh, to the venue and sitting down as if they were going to, you know, sit and watch a concert, right? And what ended up happening was a lot of people started getting up, moving around and just dancing and bopping and having a good time. And that's, that's kind of what this group is meant to do live when you're listening to the tunes themselves, when you actually are seeing the band live and stuff. Like, we have a good time with each other. We interact not only with ourselves on the stage, but we also try to make it a point, or I try to make it a point, to interact with the audience a little bit, too, and have have that uh, sense of, um, like, you're a part of the group. You're a part of the experience right now. Because too many times have I gone to concerts where, you know, it's extremely formal, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. The music's killer and stellar, and it's awesome, and I love every minute of it. But I also think we need to start to engage the audience a bit more uh, because we've already had that kind of experience over the pandemic where you sit and you watch stuff from a live stream or you sit and watch like past concerts and stuff on video and it's just you sitting there and watching it. Whereas with music, in my opinion, I think it, it's supposed to move you and make you want to interact and be a part of something, experience it a little bit more than just audibly listening, which is also a fine thing too. But I, I think for us, when you come to one of our shows, you're going to notice that we're lively we very much have an energy about us that we like to get the audience involved and get more people uh, interacting and just having a good time. I can add to that, too. I, you know, I've played in a lot of contracted groups, but this reminds me of my high school days when I had a rock band and we'd play in my parents' basement. And maybe the music wasn't as top shelf as it should have been, but the energy was undeniable. And we were brought together to play music we loved. And I think that's what draws a lot, most of the people to this band um, and the audience. Because when we start playing, it's a pure love of this genre, big band music. And we want the audience to be part of the excitement when we're playing. I think if you guys could somehow get local hero Bryce Harper in there to riff on a harmonica or a cowbell, <laughs> you guys could throw this over the top. <laughs> Maybe so. I was going to say, we do have a chart uh, called Practice based off of Alan Iverson's rant of practice, where oh. I, I, I would love it if I could have Alan come in one day out of the blue to one of the gigs and be like, hey, wait a minute, didn't I say that on stage at one point on an ESPN thing? I mean, yeah. I, I think that would be absolutely hysterical, especially like have like Bryce or something like that, or even Jason Kelsey of the, uh, the Eagles, he plays baritone saxophone. 
Oh, yeah, and his brother Travis is here in Kansas City. He's a hero here, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's that mm-hmm. Kansas City connection to jazz. Um, wow, it's a small world. So, hey, guys, if anybody out there, give me some details about the album. If anybody wants to get their hands on it, buy it, download it, stream it, and anything related to live shows, give me kind of the skinny on what's going on. Yeah, so you can uh, get a digital copy of the album uh, uh, on Amazon. You can go to Amazon Music, iTunes. Uh, you can also listen to it on uh, Apple Music there, Amazon Music, Spotify, anywhere that you uh, have your streaming services and prefer to go to for streaming services. Uh, but you can keep up to date with the band as to where we're playing for our next uh, gigs, as well as any other updates on um, uh, jcgardnermusic.com. And just go to the part where it says Garden Jazz Orchestra and the left-hand link. You can also follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube. Uh, Again, just type in Garden Jazz, uh, G-A-R-D-Y-N, Jazz, and that'll take you right to everything. You can stay up to date with what's going on with that and see a whole bunch of other different posts that we like to put out just to have a little fun with the music and interact more with uh, the people. Hey, guys, thank you for taking some time out, opening up. I'm looking forward to profiling the music and your voice on the show. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks, yeah, man. thank you. This was great. Thank you, you so much. And let us know when it goes live. We'd love to check it out. It'd be awesome. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Philadelphia, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to both John and Sean for their time and story on behalf of the whole band. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or Spotify. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Come on, man. We're just talking about practice. Neon Jazz.